Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 533. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We are recording on Labor Day, unofficial end of summer. It really feels like it flew by, maybe because it didn't start heating up here until mid-June, but over already. Pam, as the music expert, what is the song? What was the song of the summer? You know, I was thinking about this. I don't think that we had a Despacito this year. But that's okay. And um, with that in mind, though, I do kind of feel like just in general, this has really been Lizzo's year. Like she's really popped off. And the fact that she has, I think, three songs in the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 and she's literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. I would give the summer to her unofficially. All right. There's our closing song. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Did y'all, speaking of Lizzo, did you take the what percent that bitch are you quiz? No, I didn't. Yes, and I I feel like I'm a disappointment because I'm only 53%. That's pretty good, though. What were you, Laura? Did you take it? It's not 100. (laughs) Um, I was 79%. Yeah, you would be. I would be. You'll always be 100% that bitch in my heart, Same to you, man. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> I don't have, I don't know what the song of the summer was, so I'll just piggyback on you, Pam. Also, I saw Lizzo's performance at the VMAs. Holy shit, that was incredible. Did you see her BET performance earlier this year? No. Oh my God, she's, it's just so good. And then, because she didn't bring out her flute for the VMAs. Oh, but usually she, she has this little flute solo in the middle and, and she's just like, a tour de force, mm. honestly. She did a medley at the MTV VMAs. I definitely recommend people watch that if they haven't. It was a lot of fun. And then what about like the movie of the summer? Far From Home. Really? That was going to be my pick too. Yeah. Huh. I feel like that was the one that, I mean, of course we had, oh, fuck. When did Endgame come out? I'm like losing. April. I thought yeah. about that too. See, that's the thing. That's not really summer though. Like if you were to well, ask me to pick a movie of the year, Endgame would probably be in the, it would be a contender. But if you ask for a movie of the summer, Spider-Man Far From Home, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, My I, unconventional pick though um, is Booksmart. I just think Booksmart was really, really fun. Yeah. And it made no money at the box office, which was so sad because it was so yeah. good. But it was because kind it of, leaked. Not just that, though. People just it's not it's not a big sequel. It's not a big franchise. So right. people just didn't show up for it. But it's so annoying because people keep complaining about being tired of franchises and sequels. And it's like, well, go see something else if you're tired of these movies. Yeah. You know, that drives me crazy. 
Because people, yeah, like you're saying, Laura, people are like, oh, why are they doing Toy Story 4? It's because you won't see anything else, asshole. It's your fault. It truly is. For the record, I never saw Toy Story 4, so I'm not part of the problem. Oh, well, did you see Book Smart? <laughs> no, so I am part well, of the problem. <laughs> you're just one big problem. I do really want to see that, though, and I vow that when I see it, I'm going to pay for it. I'm not going to, like, pirate it or anything. Now I see why you're 79% that bitch. <laughs> How did you not already know this, Andrew? You've known me for, like, half our lives. Oh, I knew. I knew. <laughs> I thought you were, like, 90% that bitch. That oh, quiz result, actually. You know what? Probably 10 years ago, I was... <laughs> you've mellowed out in your I've old age i've definitely softened up in my good old for age you. yeah good for you <laughs> i would say the movie of the summer was rocket man the one i recommended recently really? yeah i was just so blown away by that movie and oh, i've been listening okay. to the soundtrack so it's also the soundtrack of my summer gotcha i just loved it yeah it was that was such a it was such a surprise and I actually would count Endgame as a su- summer movie. Wherever they put... Disney basically gets to define when the summer movie season starts. They said April 26th. So that's it's it. It's like the pumpkin spice latte. They just keep right. moving it up and that's up right. every year. Bingo. Next thing you know, we're going to have summer releases happening in January. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some other big summer news. Laura, you figured out a name for your drink. Yeah, and none of you cared. Because I emoji replied. You also sent that on a Saturday. Yeah, that's true. We don't reply to slacks on Saturdays. No (laughs) slack Saturday. Um, that is bullshit. (laughs) I will call that right now. But I was really proud of myself. So I went to Dragon Con this weekend. I'm going to talk about Dragon Con a little bit later in the show. But um, it's very customary to bring your own jug of whatever beverage you desire to Dragon Con because. It's so big that you're just like walking around to different locations all day and nobody's really checking for that kind of thing. So the drink that I plugged on the show a couple of weeks ago, which was lemonade, apple LaCroix, peach whiskey and orange liqueur, I figured out how to make it uh, enough to fill like a 64 ounce jug. And it required 13 shots in order to get the consistency right for the jug. So I'm calling it 13 shot punch. And I drank most of that punch the other day. <laughs> so it just came to I was drinking. having a great day until I wasn't because I had too much punch. But it's delicious. I posted the recipe on Patreon. So definitely recommend checking it out. It's good stuff. I just don't... You know why I didn't react to your reveal of the name? I don't like the name. I'm sorry, but it's it's too basic. It's too basic? Mm-hmm. What would you prefer that I call it? Uh, I don't know, but not that. See, see, here's the thing. When you come to the table with a problem, you got to come with a solution too, right? Right, but it wasn't my problem. It's your problem you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was also No Slack Saturday, so I said, I'm not going to bother giving Laura one of my great ideas. She can just... <laughs> suffer through that terrible name that she selected for her drink nope you know what i love the name i'm keeping it okay and you just can't have any of my punch because i'm 79 percent that bitch <laughs> you're that bitch rating is just climbing and climbing this episode i know so it probably goes up like pretty significantly at least once a month yeah yeah it does. 
By the way, I realized I hadn't posted the live stream yet. I was just so enthralled with our hashing it out discussion that I got sidetracked. I was wondering. I was like, there's nobody in the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's also Labor Day, so maybe. Oh, so they probably have lives. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. What does one do on Labor Day? Shop and barbecue? Yes. Okay. Play video games. You don't have any plans today, Pam? Probably not. Mm. I'm just trying to relax. Um, Wait, why'd you take out the Impossible Burger, Andrew? Because well, we were talking about other things. Okay, we'll talk about oh, it, sure. I had that too. It was really good. All right, let's talk about it. Yeah, so I was out and about shopping after getting home from my trip, and I said, you know what? Let me swing through Burger King and talk, and, and try the Impossible Burger. I ordered two. <laughs> I probably didn't need two. They're pretty big. They're big, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I think the Beyond Burger is still better. It tastes juicier to me. The Impossible Burger tastes a little flat, but it is surreal that Burger King has this thing. Yeah, what I will say is that when you get that Impossible Burger, because they like they cook it the same way they cook all their other burgers, so it gets that like flame broiled flavor about it. But then when you put it between the buns with the condiments and everything, it just tastes like a burger. Like I got one to try it. Mark took a bite of it. He's a huge carnivore, and he just like shook his head. He like nodded his head up and down and was like. Yep, tastes like a burger. So I love that we're at this point where we have alternate options to meat that actually mirror the real thing well enough that a meat eater could take a bite of it and be like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's um, surreal, I, isn't it? I agree it? with you, Andrew. I think the Beyond Burger is better. Yeah, it's just juicier. I actually, mm-hmm. I didn't think it tasted exactly like a typical Burger King burger would. It didn't have that classic Burger King taste to it. Of course, it is an mm. impossible burger. So, um, And the bun was kind of basic, I thought, too. I hadn't had Burger King in really? a while. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh. It's just very plain to me. I mean, honestly, it's it's been a while since I've had like a real burger. So it could just be that my taste buds are desensitized. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do. Like when I ate the impossible burger, I was like, this definitely reminds me of a burger. Yeah. So it was good enough for me. Yeah. People probably aren't relaxing in Florida because Hurricane Dorian is heading towards the state. I guess you've been keeping an eye on it, Laura, because you're close to it. Yeah. So um, right now, Hurricane Dorian is on track. I think it's like actually in South Florida at the moment, but it is on track to like run up the southeast. So it's going to run up the coast of Florida. It's going to hit the Georgia coast and then the Carolinas and the last time I looked at the radar for it, by the time it hits us here in Georgia, it could still be a Cat 3, which is pretty severe, um, especially considering like we have this little sliver against the ocean that includes like Savannah, which is probably the biggest city down there. Um, but when you consider the fact that you have all these cities whose main industries are tourism, so it's like a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars and things that are getting shut down at the moment because they don't have any business because people are leaving the city just in case the hurricane is bad. So you have a lot of people who depend on the tourism industry in these cities that are out of work right now because there are no tourists there. Um, And furthermore, just living in a city that's right up against the ocean, you're at, at or below sea level. It's pretty dangerous when one of these things rolls through. So just want to make sure that everybody's being safe. If there's an evacuation order, um, please be sure to leave. We definitely have friends in Savannah that were like, hey, like, you know, better safe than sorry. 
you can come crash with us because it can end up being really bad. I mean, when you look at the video of where it blew through the Bahamas, I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, yeah. It was intense. It was a Cat 5 when it went over the Bahamas. And we're talking like major flooding in the streets, insane winds, like... And the strongest hurricane to ever hit the Bahamas, I believe. Yes. The winds were in excess of... uh, uh, sustained winds were in excess of 180 miles per hour. Can you imagine that wind speed just constantly for hours? And this hurricane has been moving very slow. It's actually kind of surreal. If you look at the past 24 hours, mm-hmm. the thing is just spinning, but it's stationary. It's not even moving. Yeah. And that's the worst because it gets more time to pick up a lot of the heat and moisture that just makes it bigger and stronger. Just because some of us haven't heard of Cat 5 hurricanes before doesn't mean they don't exist. So yeah, I, I would just say be safe. Um, also, take care of your animals. A lot of times in these kinds of storms, people's animals end up getting left behind or get loose. So mm-hmm. just make sure to keep an eye out. And if you're not able to transport them, try to find them some kind of foster care. Roshni, who's listening live, she says, now, does it taste like beef? Because I don't eat red meat, so I wonder if it will taste weird to me. It, it, it does taste like red meat, Roshni, getting back to our impossible burger discussion. So if you, uh, or maybe she means the hurricane. What does a hurricane taste like? Death. <laughs> yeah. I've ridden out a hurricane, so. Mm, so you would know. Sucks. Yeah. You just open your mouth, stand outside, open your mouth. Ah, yeah. Mm, tastes like death. Just get a face full of flying shrapnel. Yeah. Yep. Very fun. Like Laura said, stay safe, everybody who might be in Dorian's path. Bad name for a hurricane, by the way. Dorian? Like, that's a grandma name. Yeah, but also, it just reminds me of, like, Dorian Gray. And I'm like... Well, of course, this hurricane's insane. You called it Dorian. <laughs> Dorian Gray. I'm Googling that. Who? Who is? That's uh, Oliver Wilde. Uh, Oscar Wilde. Mm. Like stared at his reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he should have named it Hurricane Damien. That's like... Oh, that could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> Ahead of the next Democratic presidential debate, which is Thursday, September 12th from Texas, Several candidates have dropped out or been disqualified because they did not meet the rules for the next debate. They needed 130,000 individual donations and to receive at least 2% support in four qualifying polls. Only 10 qualified for the debate. Thank God, because if just one more had qualified, this debate would have had to have been over two nights like those last mm-hmm. debates. And we <laughs> nobody wants that. The, the 10 are Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, Harris, Klobuchar, O'Rourke, Sanders, Warren, and Yang. I was curious, is anyone missing from this list who you wish made the cut? Nah. Same. Doesn't matter because there's so many already. <laughs> there are definitely yeah. still a few on the list who I think I could do without. Like who? Throw them under the bus. <laughs> so I, I would be prepared to say goodbye to Klobuchar, O'Rourke, Sanders, and Yang, definitely. Um, Biden, I don't feel super passionate about, but he's still the front runner. So I understand logistically that's not going to happen. Also, Booker hasn't really been impressing me. No. So, yeah. So I, I'm like the people I'm really interested in are going to be Buttigieg, Castro, Harris, and Warren. Those are kind of where my attention's at right now. Yeah. 
I used to be hopeful that Buttigieg actually, I used to believe he might have a shot, but I've cooled on that idea. I don't, I don't think he has a shot anymore. And it bums me out. The thing is, though, he's so young. He's in his late 30s. Um, right now, he could very well just be building a national profile for himself so that he could do something like go for a Senate run in the future. And then after that, start building up his his presidential campaign. Yeah, that's true. So I, I wouldn't say bye to him forever. I don't think this will be his last race, certainly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that debate, like I said, Thursday, September 12th. Thank you to our bays who joined us for our latest hangout. Hayden, Roshni, Diane, Justin, Carolyn, Anne, Ning, Sarah, JY, and Jonathan. We chilled for two hours. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I was getting drunk. Yeah, we... <laughs> Were you? You only had a couple beers. Well... Well, he did go down to the cellar wherever... It's true. All the that Trump, stuff was... The I would Trump like look cellar. over every once in a while and Andrew would just be gone. <laughs> Yeah I, I, yeah, I got a few drinks over those two hours. I was sit, staying at my sister's house and I was all alone because they were at the hospital because my sister had her baby. So I was at the house. Uh, long story reason why. Randy was like, oh, feel free to help yourself to beer. And he has two refrigerators full of beer because he owns a liquor store. So he has them in his garage and all kinds of things. So I was sampling a variety of products, mainly Corona Light, but some other things too. Anyway, yeah, it was a fun time. All right. Well, we are going to move into some news. But first, if you need to cleanse yourself of the absurdly long U.S. presidential campaign season, you want to consider BioClarity. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. The routines were made to keep your skin looking young, healthy, and fresh using only natural and gentle ingredients. Andrew and I have been using BioClarity for a long time at this point. They were one of our first sponsors, and we've both genuinely seen positive improvements. Blackheads and enlarged pores were really screwing up my makeup game, but between the treat and restore steps, I was able to get my skin back on track. Now I use the essentials routine for maintenance. Andrew, how about you? Yeah, actually, I just had to reorder last night because I ran out of my latest clear skin routine. And I, I, I love this stuff because it genuinely works for me. As somebody who's been battling acne for a good 15 years now, I need something that will actually be effective and in a timely manner. And this just checks all the boxes for me. It just works. And we've heard this from our listeners, too, which is which has been really nice to see. Yeah. And the great thing is that BioClarity offers two routines to fit your skincare needs. First, you've got the clear skin routine. This is what I started with to get my blackhead problem under control. It's for oily or breakout prone skin. Or you can opt for the essentials routine for normal skin and essential care. This is what I use now to keep things in check. But I always know if I have a mishap or fall off the wagon, I can go back to the clear skin routine to get things rocking and rolling again. Both routines consist of a three-step regimen that helps improve the look and feel of your skin and is packed full of detoxifying nutrients. These are uniquely formulated to help with hyperpigmentation and stubborn chin breakouts. The routines also include a super special ingredient found only in BioClarity, Floralux, which is made from the chlorophyll from plants. This special ingredient also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evening out skin tone and texture. 
On top of that, their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. And you can't beat the 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. Get healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. And right now, for our listeners, you'll save 40% off a skincare routine and an additional 15% off everything else on their website. That's an incredible deal, but you'll need to enter our code MIL at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and enter our code MIL at checkout for 40% off a skincare routine and 15% off everything else. During this dirty political climate, your skin will certainly thank you. All right, on to some news. First, I want to start with an update. Facebook is thinking about hiding like counts too. Good. Yeah, right? So an app researcher found code inside Facebook's Android app that hides the exact amount of likes on a post from everyone but the original poster. This is what Instagram has started rolling out. It's not in America yet, but they've been rolling it out to additional countries. Facebook owns Instagram. So I guess they're... uh, We didn't know this back when Instagram was doing it, but it looks like Facebook wants to do it as well. They want to do it for mental health reasons. When you can see like counts, it, it stresses you out. And, and it might stress you out if you post something and you don't get a lot of likes on it and people can see that. It might suggest you're unengaging or unsuccessful or people are just bored by you. <laughs> so now if they roll this out, you will be able to post whatever shit you want and nobody can see how good the post is doing or not. Of course, you'll see the comment, comment counts and you'll see like Instagram uh, in countries where this feature is already rolled out, you'll be able to see friends, fellow friends who liked the post. So it'll still look like it receives engagement, but there won't be that number. So yeah, this is nice. I was very pleasantly surprised by this. Do you think they're doing this to actually help us or in response to some of the new trends on social media? Because I feel like Facebook is a platform that is not getting as much engagement as it used to, at least anecdotally speaking. Like, I so rarely go on Facebook. I went on Facebook a lot this weekend because of Dragon Con to kind of keep up with things. But it was my first time in months actively scrolling through my feed. Yeah. And like checking shit. So I would like to think that they care for that they're doing this for mental health reasons. And publicly, that's probably what they will say once they roll this out. However, I heard a crackpot theory about Instagram doing this and by extension, Facebook doing this. The theory is by removing the like counts, advertisers will no longer want to go directly to these influencers. And instead, advertisers will just work with Instagram and Facebook to run campaigns that Mm. way they can actually get the stats and make sure they're accurate and honest whereas if you work with an influencer they can fudge those numbers they can make up information about how popular they are so the crackpot theory i heard it on a on a tech podcast was that they're just doing this to force advertisers to do advertising campaigns through facebook and instagram and that way facebook and instagram will get a cut of that revenue. Well, see that I actually can believe. (laughs) And, and honestly, obviously a lot of people who have made their livelihood individually on Instagram are going to take a hit, but so are the advertising agencies. Not that they can't afford to lose money, but you know, it is cheaper for them 
Mm-hmm. to go directly to the source and find the person that'll do the ad for the least amount of money. Right. But by going through, you know, a big tech company, they're going to have to shell out a lot more money. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to to hear. Because, like, that that's honestly the thing that um, I, it probably shouldn't be. But the thing that interests me most about hiding the like count is how it's going to affect the industry of the social media influencer. Because so many people have learned how to make money off of, you know, just being good at doing Instagram. Yeah. So I think they'll still be successful. It'll just change. I think these advertisers may be like, hey, take a screenshot of the insights so we can see how the post performed. But where there's a will, there's a way. And these influencers can probably fake those numbers. All they got to do is figure out the font (laughs) inside the Instagram app and then they can go and Photoshop it. So it looks like the post did way better. And yeah. the brand will never know. <laughs> that's that's actually a good point. Uh, this is what we're gonna do. Hey, advertisers, look <laughs> how many numbers. <laughs> yeah, look how many likes our BioClarity post got. See, we're super popular. Wink, wink. No, we wouldn't do that. Some other tech news. I love talking tech on this show that that affects everybody's lives, especially millennial lives. I think we all lose things from time to time, right? Oh, all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you two heard of Tile before then? Those little things that you can attach to your keys or put in your purse or wallet? I keep thinking I need to get some of these because I'm forever losing my car keys. Mm. And it would be really beneficial to me. And I would probably spend a lot less time struggling to get out the door Okay, if I had a quicker way of finding them. Well, Apple has been looking to create new products, of course, as always, but they've gotten a little more desperate now that iPhone sales have plateaued, and they might be unveiling a tile competitor that will help users keep track of keys, wallets, backpacks, everything else, and basically, they're going to produce these little little circular objects that look just like the tile, and you can attach them to your bag, wallet, etc., just just like tile. And then they will be, um, you'll be able to find them when you lose things through the Find My app in iOS 13. Right now on iOS 12, we have Find My Friends and Find My iPhone. They are going to be merging those two apps into one, and there's going to be a new tab called Items. And I'm actually really excited about this. They're actually going to have a cool feature using augmented reality where if you lose something you can throw um you can point your phone around the house and a balloon will virtually appear on your phone screen showing you where your item is oh that's great that's really cool i need this (laughs) (laughs) you also get a notification when you get too far away from an item so for example maybe i'll put an apple whatever they call this, Apple tracker, let's just call it for now, um, into my wallet or keys. And I'll, I always need those when I leave. So I'll get a notification when I get too far away from one of those two, two things. So this is basically Apple's way of telling us warmer. Right. Warmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder if this will help cut down on how many times I've locked myself out of the house. <laughs> let's hope so. Yeah. What do you do when that happens? Do you hide a key outside or? 
Um, we do now, but I've definitely done this while cooking dinner and it's been terrifying because the stove's on and I just have to wait for somebody to get back. Yeah. I would probably just break a window if I left the stove on. Oh God. I was, I was almost there. (laughs) I mean, not that this makes it any better, but don't most appliances now have like auto cutoffs if they start overheating so, like I said, this came out through a leak. It might be announced September 10th. That's their big iPhone event day. We will see. I'm I'm hopeful because I just trust Apple with this more than I do Tile. And since I'm an Apple nerd, I, w- I would definitely try this out and use it on my wallet, keys. Maybe even Brooklyn. That'd be kind of cool. Attach an Apple tracker to him. <laughs> I knew somebody who tiled his cat. Honestly, like, it stresses me out the thought of Brooklyn getting away from me for some reason let's say while we're out he breaks off the leash or something i don't know and i've thought about those collars that also double as gps trackers but they're also expensive and there's monthly fees and i'm just like eh. so this could be a good solution oh by the way pam i just looked this up i found an article on dig a stove is designed to run indefinitely. Do we recommend that? Absolutely not. <laughs> While it's not the best idea to leave an open flame unattended, if you leave your stove burner on, your house will, in all likelihood, not burn down. Oh, well, that's one less thing nice. to be anxious about. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so don't break the window. I was curious. But yeah, I think, Andrew, you brought up the point of like, you wanted to tile Brooklyn. I mean, Canella, she has the chip right? So like if she gets out, a vet could identify her, but it would be nice for me to have my own version of the chip so that I could track her more easily. Brooklyn has the chip too, and I think a lot of animals these days do, but that doesn't necessarily help you find the dog. If somebody else finds them and manages to get a hold of them, then yeah, but otherwise... I, I just have like no faith in people and I have this irrational fear that if Jasper were ever to get out, the person that found him would just try to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's small and super cute and well behaved. But Or God forbid your dog um runs away, could potentially get hit by a car or something, or get lost in the woods. I mean there's Or a... get picked up by one of those PETA crazies. What would they oh, do? Oh yeah. Have you not heard about this? Like no. there have been several instances of PETA like kidnapping people's pets and taking them back to their headquarters and like terrible things have happened in some of those cases. In some of the cases people have gotten their pets back. In other cases they have not. So what the that's fuck? always one of my fears. Hmm. Cause yeah, PETA's insane. It's an insane organization. Um my one thing, though, is I don't think if Canella got out and somebody tried to keep her, I don't think they'd want to because she's very suspicious, very distrustful, and generally does not like people who aren't me. So <laughs> so I think they'd get sick of her really quick. Get this thing away from me. Yeah. This thing have, does this thing have a chip? Oh, thank God. In light of this discussion, I was curious, what's the most valuable thing you two have ever lost and never found again my passport oh yep um currently it's a 75 dollars gift card to best buy which would have come in really handy last week because i need a new printer so i'm pretty upset about that i've been trying to find it i lost when i was a child my game boy pocket 
And that thing I was in love with. It was silver. It was beautiful to me. I lost the carrying case, all the games. I was devastated by that. And that, But that's the only thing I've ever lost, I'm lucky to say. I am terrified that I will lose my wallet or my keys because those things are such a pain in the ass to replace. Canceling all those credit cards, getting new ones, getting new keys. Oh my gosh, just a giant pain in the ass. All right, so hopefully that'll be announced uh, next week and that'll be announced the same day that iPhone is, the Apple trackers. So stay tuned. So I wanted to talk about Joker, which is one of many of DC's upcoming projects centered around the infamous Batman villain. And for those of you that are keeping track of all of these projects in the works, this is the movie directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix. And the reason that I wanted to talk about Joker is because the movie's not coming out in theaters until October 4th, but they did premiere the film at this year's Venice Film Festival. So early reviews are in, and surprisingly, they're actually, for the most part, pretty positive, which is kind of a big deal because DC has really been struggling over the past few years to find its footing in this superhero movie-centric world, and they've had a couple of stinkers between Suicide Squad and Justice League, and they're having a lot of complications with getting Batman up and running for the sequel. And like barring Wonder Woman, really, they, they've really been struggling to keep up with the likes of the MCU, which, you know, has really been putting out hit after hit. So it is kind of um, intriguing that Joker is being favored amongst critics. The movie actually currently has an 88% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, although this will likely fluctuate as more reviews come in. And it also comes just days after the release of the final trailer, which is super gritty. So I just kind of wanted to talk about the film. And I wanted to know if you guys were intrigued by it and you were going to be heading out in theaters to go see it in October. Because it's getting a lot of buzz right now. I've been looking forward to this ever since they did the makeup concept video with Joaquin Phoenix. Did you guys ever see that? On Instagram? Uh, it might have been there. I think I saw it on YouTube, but it was basically this really cool video that was slowly zooming in on his face. And as they got closer and closer, the makeup became more clear. I do remember that. It was kind of like a flashy strobe. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. And I was like, oh my God, he looks so perfect. And then when I saw the first teaser, I was obsessed with the tone that they were setting for it. Like he had that whole line that was like, at first I thought my life was a tragedy, but now I realize it's a comedy (laughs) and it's just like, so sad, but like it felt like, I don't know, like a happy, sad almost theme that they were establishing for the film. And you're right, Pam, the most recent trailer is super gritty Um, And the whole thing's just really appealing to me. I can't think of somebody better than Joaquin Phoenix to be casting right now. I really do think he's the perfect Joker for the tone of this movie. So I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, I'm excited too. I I didn't think I would be, but in light of these reviews, and then it went and got like an eight-minute standing ovation at this festival, um, (laughs) people are really moved by it. Right. And and so I'm kind of in the same boat as you. It's just like, you know, that the idea of this has the potential to be good, um, because the Joker is a great villain, but also because Joaquin Phoenix is 
phenomenal. But, you know, in the hands of DC and they haven't had the best track record, it was kind of like, okay, I'll probably go see it, but I'm kind of very indifferent. And then to hear that it's getting so much recognition already early on, it's it makes me really hopeful for the final product. When this was first announced, didn't people roll their eyes at this, despite it being Joaquin Phoenix? Because people were like, damn, do we really need a movie focused on Joker when we had The Dark Knight, which was so good? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of that was also Joker fatigue, because, you know, after this is first of all it's important to understand that this is a supposedly a standalone joker origin story and that would be fine if that was the only joker movie in production but when this was announced dc already had in place plans first of all to continue suicide squad with jared leto's joker oh yeah and then jared leto also had a joker movie um in production as well and then they also have this weird like dark rom-com movie about joker and harley quinn so that's like three already where joker is like a huge part of the fabric of the film and that's not including any movies that he'll pop up in so it just seems like a weird move to be really pushing jared leto's rendition and then at the same time coming in and green lighting a completely different version of the character right it kind of gets back to what we were saying earlier about oh, what's with all these sequels and relying on these franchises, in this case, the Joker name and brand. And everybody just loves the Joker character. It's a fascinating character. And Heath Ledger did it such just such beautiful justice that, you know, he only continued to carry Joker's reputation. But at the same time, it's like, what the fuck? How many Joker movies do we need? Why don't they go look at other heroes? But... This movie now, of course, is getting great reviews. So who the hell cares? If it if it moves people, that's all that matters. I think I have an unpopular opinion here. I think Jared Leto's Joker is immensely overrated. I never and watched I, Suicide Squad. The if reviews... I never had to watch it again, I'd be okay. <laughs> well, the reviews of that movie I, I were terrible. I think everybody was expecting better. What were you saying, Andrew? The reviews of that movie, Suicide Squad, were terrible. So I lost total interest in seeing that movie. Well, mm-hmm. also, I just felt like Jared Leto's interpretation was just like, I'm going to play a crazy person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, my God, this is so boring. There was like no there was no nuance to the character. It was just let me be as crazy as possible and do everything you would expect a crazy person to do. And maybe that's not his right. fault. Maybe it was just the way it was written and directed. I just didn't care for it. Yeah, I could definitely see that because you're right. There, There is a difference between, you know, being kind of almost comically unhinged because I think that Jack Nicholson kind of did a good job of that. It's very like comic book Joker. But then to have Jared Leto's Joker coming off of what Heath Ledger did with, like you said, the, the nuances and really kind of adding this this element that nobody had ever seen before, it just really falls flat. Mm-hmm. It's hard to live up to a performance like that. And also, like, I mean, obviously, it, it is a lot Heath Ledger and how much he sacrificed to bring that character to life, but also to do with the good writing and the good directing. So it's kind of like this recipe that needs multiple ingredients to work together to to create a hit and you know maybe 
maybe this is it. Maybe this is like the resurgence of the character that DC has always kind of been hoping they yeah. could do. Okay, so who is our favorite Joker? Over the history of Joker portrayals, who do we like the most? Joaquin Phoenix. You can't say that yet. It's cheating. <laughs> I have an embarrassing movie history, so the only Joker that I've that I remember is Heath Ledger. So I'll just say Heath Ledger. I used to love Batman as a kid. By the way, I had all the toys and all that, but I don't think I saw any other movies with with Joker. Did you watch the animated series as a kid? Probably. But that was so long ago. See, my answer is kind of twofold. I, obviously, Heath Ledger was amazing, but I loved Mark Hamill's uh, voice of the Joker mm. in the animated series. Yeah. He mm. was so good. Like, I grew up watching that. I loved it. And I didn't even realize that it was Mark Hamill <laughs> until I was much older. Um, so, yeah, he's great. I also have a soft spot for... Mark Hamill, because uh, like you, I grew up on on the Batman animated series and also like the Spider-Man animated series, which is why I think when when these superhero movies kind of draw a lot from that, it, it really like warms my heart. And I just feel like it's so funny to say this, but I feel like that's the most true to the stories you can get when they really kind of pull from that lore um it's just really fun for me but i i think like it's like the obvious answer but i do kind of feel like it has to be heath ledger because he just delivered a a version that went so beyond you know the surface level of what the character is supposed to be and it destroyed him didn't it yes i mean he said yeah he said his portrayal of joker ate at him because it consumed him yeah and it's like it's so sad. But then you think about it in the context of like, not just Heath Ledger, but the character. And it just adds like this really sad, like new element to the idea of what the Joker is supposed mm-hmm. to represent, you know? And I have a feeling that that's what we're kind of going to get with this version. Well, yeah, because you don't end up that way. You're not born that way, Mm -hmm. usually, generally. Like, a lot of really fucked up stuff has to happen to somebody over the course of their lives to make them turn out that way. But what I thought was really interesting about Heath Ledger's portrayal was you were never really quite sure if the history he was giving you was factual or not. Because he did have that whole sequence where he talked about, I think, what his father did to him about, like, cutting his face open but the yeah. way that he portrayed it, it was so unhinged that you were like, I don't know if that's actually what happened to you. And that was sort of the cool thing about the character was the mystery of like, you know, you know, something's really screwed up happened to this guy, but you don't entirely know what it is. And it almost doesn't matter at the point of the movie, you yeah. know, so I, I, I still like he, that is one of my favorite portrayals, just like even in general, not talking about Joker. That's just one of my favorite character portrayals of all time. Right. Speaking of Mark Hamill's Joker, do you all remember when he was reading Donald Trump's tweets oh, so in good. his Joker voice? So good. Let me play a clip. <laughs> I have a couple queued up, I think. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies <laughs> and those who have fought me and lost so badly. <laughs> they just don't know what to do. <laughs> 
so good. It's like uh, that and Andy Circus reading Donald Trump tweets oh, as Gollum. Yeah. Really it's like good my too. two favorite happy places on the internet. Eerily <laughs> accurate. Laura, you had a fun weekend. I did. So I went to Dragon Con and I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a rundown for you guys and just talk about like a little bit of con culture because I know we've touched on this a couple times over the last couple months, what with like San Diego Comic Con happening. And then I went to Atlanta Comic Con uh, about a month ago. So I will say, I have gone to Dragon Con in the past, but this was my first year officially going in that I had my own badge and I wasn't borrowing somebody else's just to go to parties. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I was an adult this year. um, And I had such a great time. What's so great about this convention is it's it's large. (laughs) I think it's probably the biggest uh, fan convention that happens in the Southeast. So the attendance is generally over 80,000 people, um, which like, oh my God, help. If you get claustrophobic easily, um, you'll want to be familiar with maps of the various hotels to find like areas where you can go and kind of recharge before you get back into the crowd. Um, but it is spread across four hotels and two convention centers. And what's really cool about the setup is that Generally speaking, most of the um, hotels are connected by skywalks. So a lot of the time when you're trying to go from one hotel to another, you don't actually have to go outside in the August Atlanta heat. You can just use the nice little skywalks to get back and forth for the most part. There's just so much stuff going on. I feel like this was the first convention I attended where it really felt like there was something for everyone. So there were dance parties there were panels, there was like themed karaoke, they had physical and digital gaming rooms, makeup, art, writing tutorials and tracks and panels to help you get better at all of these things. And I will say like most conventions I've been to before this one were Harry Potter themed. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to ask you guys, does this sound similar to San Diego Comic-Con? Well, like later in your notes here, you mentioned just the the dancing and the parties and the karaoke i think pam and i are a little too busy working to notice any of this stuff <laughs> maybe it doesn't happen i don't know i i get they do have a ball i know that's pretty popular conventions people like to get all dolled up and then um attend those in their cosplay but yeah no I, the thing is dragon con is super big but it's not san diego comic con level big and for that reason, Dragon Con can still have some of these types of things. So what's interesting is Dragon Con has balls, but they have multiple balls every night. So like there was one night where there was a last party on Alderaan party. So it was Star Wars themed. They, of course, had a Yule <laughs> ball, but they also had um, uh, the North Remembers like Game of Thrones themed one. There was a Doctor Who themed ball. Like there was basically a different ball for like all of the major big fandoms and they would all happen sort of concurrently. So you would like rotate from party to party at night. But what was really appealing to me were some of the panels. There were literally panels for everything that you could imagine. Um, Anything you might have interest in, there was a panel for it. But what I thought was really cool is given the fact that so many of our fandoms flourish and exist online, they had a lot of panels geared towards like online safety. Um, So they had one panel called The Effect of Facebook on Democracy. Um, Another Mm. one called California Consumer Privacy Act, a model for the whole USA. 
And I don't know how familiar y'all are with, maybe Pam, you are more familiar with it, but the California Consumer Privacy Act is sort of like California's version of Europe's GDPR. And then they also had a panel called Contemporary Russia, Not Our Friend. (laughs) So they had some really great panels. Um, I had a really great time. And I also liked how they took the safe space of their environment really seriously. So they have this whole disclaimer that they have on posters all around the convention. And it's really long. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But they're like, we reserve the right to ask you to leave the convention and refuse to refund your membership money if you are behaving in technical terms like a jerk. Mm. And they go on to say, like, if you're harassing somebody and if they've told you no and you continue interacting with that person, we will kick you out. So I really liked it. And the environment was super welcoming, too. I only came across one bitch out of 80,000 people the entire time I was there. So that was pretty good. What'd this bitch do? We were going to get in line for the Yule Ball. And the line to get in the into the ballroom was really long. And there was a really big gap in the line where, like, this girl and her friends were taking forever to, like, catch up with where they were in line. So we walked up thinking that we had found the end of the line. And she came running up and got in my face and was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, the line is back there. And I was like, okay, bitch, you might want to fucking keep up with the rest of the line if you don't want it to look like this is the end. And that was it. That was the whole interaction. (laughs) What percent that bitch is she? Do you know? Did you ask her to take the quiz? Uh, No, she was pretty drunk. I didn't feel like it was worth it. Also, I feel like when you're being that uppity about it, you're trying too hard to be that bitch. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not cute when you're trying that hard. So anyway. You also don't want to be that kind of bitch. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was it was really great. And honestly, I think we should go next year. To Dragon Con together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Come on. Why? I mean, I guess. You guess. We do need to have a podcast company retreat. Well, so also, if you really want it to uh, be there, then fine. MuggleCast could do a panel there. Yeah. It would do well. They actually now asked us a really long time ago, remember? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. We thought we were too cool for Dragon Con. I don't think that was it. I think it was that <laughs> we were all still in school and Dragon Con happened at the beginning of the school year. <laughs> and also, I used to be like, Atlanta? Ugh. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I really want us to go. I think that we should do a muggle cast there, get an Airbnb like really close to the hotels and just get real drunk. It'll be fun. Okay. Just remind us. Okay. Well, obviously, we're using Labor Day weekend as an excuse to take things easy here on the show, and we think you should too. Our next sponsor can help you with this. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box that provides full-size premium beauty and wellness products, and it's always so fun to come home and find one of these brightly colored boxes waiting for me. Over the course of the last year, I've definitely come across products that I can't live without, like the Generation Clay Brightening Purple Clay Mask. Pam, you've been getting these too. Any standout products? I was actually going to bring up the Generation Clay oh, Mask so because it's it is really good. And you know, you're talking about Labor Day and taking it easy, and you know, masking at night is definitely a nice way to have some me time. So I always appreciate that. Um, I also really liked the Living Proof Nourishing Styling Cream. Um, I tend to blow dry my hair after I shower, so it's just nice to you know, put something in there that makes my hair super soft, but also protects against heat damage and 
yeah, it's really cool to discover new products, like you said, every time the box comes. And if you're getting ready for PSL season, you won't want to miss the 2019 fall box, which is on sale now. There's some great stuff in this box, like the Avita Damage Ready Daily Hair Repair Cream and the Aromatherapy Associates Deep Relax Roller Ball. The cool thing is that the majority of the items in the box have individual retail values higher than the entire cost of the box itself, which is just $49.99. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use our coupon code MILL for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. That's FabFitFun.com and enter coupon code MILL for $10 off your first box. FabFitFun is a great way to treat yourself and support millennials, so don't wait. These fall boxes always sell out. Get yours today at fabfitfun.com by entering coupon code M-I-L-L. It's time now for a segment we haven't done in a while. Google that shit. Oh, Lord. You ready for some autocomplete fun? Yep. So I have a variety of prompts here. We'll start off with an appropriate one. End of summer. What are people searching for? End of summer recipes. End of summer sale. Yes, Pam. No, Laura. Well, good idea, though. (laughs) You know what? There's one here that you two might be able to get. It's female related. Pops up twice in the autocompletes. End of summer. What is this? Something to do with like periods or something? (laughs) Periods. End of summer (laughs) periods. You said female related. Hey, listen, summertime periods are no joke. They're fucking terrible. Really? The heat makes it hard? Hmm. It's just like, it just feels grosser to me. Ooh. Oh. Maybe you can invent a product for that to help combat that. Actually, you were you were halfway there, there, Laura. End of summer nail colors. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. All right. Every color is whatever season you want it to be, honestly. Yeah, I thought like what why do people need to get that specific with their nail colors? End of summer captions and end of summer quotes. Are the, uh, for the gram right isn't that sad like <laughs> wow. what are people doing it's really sad that people are googling what should i write on my instagram for the end of summer oh my god i, I hate can't that. think of anything original myself so i have to steal a <laughs> quote oh my god there's a whole article 150 plus summer instagram captions oh my god guys please use your own brains write yeah. your own captions Jesus. The first one in this damn list is the tans will fade, but the memories will last forever. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I hate that. High tides and good vibes. Don't worry. Beach happy. Insert wave emoticon. Oh, man. People suck. Oh, my God. There's Insert wave emoticon. <laughs> I would laugh if somebody just copy and pasted that. <laughs> And just left the insert wave emoticon. We're doing it. Next Going summer, on our I'll Instagram. do that. Jewel, <laughs> get that up on our Insta before summer officially ends. Yeah, that's pretty sad. All right, next one. I don't know how we never did this. So, autocomplete this. Laura. Oh, God. <laughs> well, um, I'm sure... Because Laura Ingram was in the news this morning, I saw. So fairly certain it'll be something to do with her. I hate her. I hate that I share a name with her. Um, Maybe like Laura meaning if people are looking for baby names. Ooh, 
good guess, but no, that's not in the top 10. I'll, I'll just say as a hint, they're all well-known people. Oh, Laura Linney. Yep, number four. Who's number one? The number one Laura. No, it's not T. Sorry, no, Laura T. it's not me. I'm just number two. Laura Ingalls Wilder? No. Isn't that that lady's name? The Little House on the Prairie author? What about like, uh, shit. Big Little Lies, Star Wars, Laura Dern. Yep, she's number yeah. one. Oh, she's pretty yeah. cool. I like her. I don't mind sharing a name with her. Let's move on to Pam. Should we do Pam or Pamela? I'm sure Pamela will have more. Pamela Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that. If it's Pam, I feel like it would be Polly being Pam, like the Beatles song. Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> it's not Pamela Anderson that's the autocomplete. It's Pamela Anderson Kids that's the autocomplete. Oh. I'm sure there's an inappropriate one that's being filtered. Pamela Anderson nude in all likelihood. <laughs> Pamela Anderson sex tape. <laughs> right, right. So what do you think's number one, though? For Pamela? Yeah. Is it still at Pamela Anderson? No, no. She she was far down the list. She's old news. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She's fell. She's fallen since I was going to school. <laughs> <laughs> this is someone I've never heard of before. Is it Pam- Pamela Al- Alpin or something like that? Isn't that a comedian? No, it's Pamela Smart. I don't know who that is. An American criminal who was convicted of conspiring with her 15-year-old lover and three of his friends to kill her 24-year-old husband back in 1990. Okay, I do not want to be associated (laughs) with Pamela. That is a lot of baggage. People love true crime, so that must be why. Maybe Mm. she was featured on a particular podcast, a true crime podcast, I'm thinking. But uh, she's still in prison today. Don't be like Pamela Smart. Be like Pamela Gokobachi. That's me. Next one. What did Trump say? Dot, dot, dot. Um, about hurricanes. About mass shootings. About immigrants. Yes to hurricanes. The number one result may surprise you coming up at six o'clock. About Bette Midler. Really? Yeah. Oh. That was a while ago, wasn't it? So... Is 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 there also what did Trump say Deborah Messing? Because that's definitely what's trending oh, right yeah. now. He's real at her <laughs> yeah. right now. You know, this autocomplete is surprisingly short. Um what did Trump say to Rapine? R A P I N O E? Megan Rap oh, the uh World Cup star. World Cup uh women's world cup star. Oh. Yeah about soccer player about baltimore city about baltimore about airports i think that was the immigrant one maybe i don't know well the airports one was about when he was ta- he talked about um our the revolutionary war right the airports yeah. during the revolutionary war being stormed <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right here's a general one some people go to google looking for some help can you find dot 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 love in a hopeless place we found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> no. Maybe something like, this is not as fun, but like um, like records online. Mm. Like You would. You, know? you would. Yeah, like divorce records or like public records, things like that. No. I don't know. The, num- the number one result is sad. Can you find me a girlfriend? No. Oh. That- Laura, you were kind of close with, Finding yeah, love in a hopeless guys, place. Guys, don't, don't go to Google to ask for that. Go to like Tinder or OkCupid. What are they expecting? Google to come to life and be like, yes, I can find you a girlfriend. Hang on. I want to see what happens when I Google this. 
Can you find The first me result is a video, How to Get a Girlfriend. Oh, there's a website, getmeagirlfriend.com. Just be yourself, guys. Yeah, so the first, the video Andrew's talking about is a hot girl with her boobs out. Um, I got a quick Oh my God, there's video. a wiki how, how to get a girlfriend with pictures. <laughs> <laughs> there's literally a wiki how for everything. <sighs> oh my God, item number two on this list. Get out into the world. <laughs> get no, outside, really? loser. Be open <laughs> to different types of people. Try new activities. Oh, it suggests to ask for help in finding a girlfriend. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Talking with potential girlfriends. Be friendly and lighthearted. Don't be, <laughs> don't be a creep, y'all. Give her a compliment. Oh, this is so sad. And you know people have genuinely have no idea what they should be doing to get a boyfriend or girlfriend. So they're looking at this list. Oh, don't be superficial. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Also, the whole... I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with compliments, especially when they kind of come out of nowhere. So when you start telling people to blanket, like just give people compliments, you're not encouraging them to find something genuine to compliment. So it just comes across shallow right like i don't know i i'm uncomfortable when somebody compliments me out of nowhere i'm like what what are you doing this is insane i mean people must really be stupid if they're leaning on this list number seven try talking to her more than once if you like someone but your first conversation didn't go well definitely talk with her again it may be that she was distracted or under a lot of stress when you first met (laughs) or maybe she wasn't interested Right. Right. That's that's the one thing that all these lists miss, right? Right. It's it's trying to like hold your hand and baby you. Oh no. It it's not that she doesn't like you. It's something else. Yeah, it's not you. She's just a bitch. <laughs> that's basically what a lot of these lists say. And it's like, no. Ask her to take that bitch quiz. Here's a first tip. Don't use these lists. They're yeah. bad. Yeah, but some people are just desperate and they don't know where else to turn. Well and I understand that like it you know if you're lonely and you really do want to try and forge a relationship but you're not sure how there's nothing wrong with going looking for help it's just a lot of these kinds of lists that you're going to find through your search engine aren't going to help you get there you do a lot better I think by dipping your toe in the water through online dating because there's don't get me wrong there's a lot of shit in online dating there's a lot of like you're going to wade through like a sea of like crappy people that you don't actually want to date but you don't you do learn a lot about how to interact with people and it's a safe space to do that so that would be my recommendation Mm -hmm. not my show recommendation just dating recommendation all right one more today places where you can smoke weed legally that's number two (laughs) places where weed is legal good job pam have you searched for that one I'm pretty good out here in San Francisco. Um, so. she, yeah, I was going to say she lives in that one. So <laughs> yeah, well, I live in that one. Maybe you're looking to travel <laughs> and you're looking for some places you can head towards. Mm-hmm. I do think it's really funny. Side note that all the travel guides now, uh, most of them have sections on smoking weed legally. Oh, do they? For, That's funny. Yeah, because I was looking at travel books for, for my Portland trip and they were like, a guide to, to legalize marijuana. And I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Places where I can do stuff cheap. Well, related to that, the number one result is places where kids eat free. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of sad. Needing to say I mean, buck, if you're know? on a budget. Oh, yeah. It's feeding smart. Feeding kids is expensive. 
I'm just saying it's it's sad people have to find places like that. Places where I can print, places where they cook in front of you, places where they sell dogs, places where it rains a lot, places where it doesn't snow, places where drinking age is 18, places where they fix phones. I mean, places where the drinking age is 18, isn't that pretty much everywhere except the U.S.? Yeah. I think yeah. there are parts of Canada where it's 19. In Wisconsin, you are allowed to drink underage if you have a guardian with you. Really? Oh. Yep. Pretty crazy, right? <sighs> if only I'd grown up in Wisconsin. <laughs> not that that stopped me. No, it did not. <laughs> no, it did not. All right. Let's Google that shit. Now it's time for recommendations. I want to recommend actually a new Apple product. I was hesitant about this at first. The jury is still kind of out, but I wanted to... We like talking about credit cards from time to time on the show. Apple just released the Apple Card. Now they encourage you to use Apple Pay. You can sign up for Apple Card through the wallet app on iOS. And you actually don't need to get a physical credit card, but you can order one for free. And it is titanium. It's actually pretty cool. And it's amazing how you get it activated. It comes in this um, thick envelope, like this hard, I don't know how to describe it, but it's this really nice paper that it comes in. And it has an NFC reader built into it. And you just bring your phone to the little pamphlet that the card comes in and your card gets activated. It's so Apple. <laughs> I was like geeking, geeking out over it. But the cool thing about Apple Card is Apple says they're really trying to help you make your payments on time and not build up debt. It'll also help you keep track of what you're spending on. It uses colors to show you, okay, you've spent this much on entertainment, this much on food and drinks, this much on shopping, etc. And the digital version of your credit card will actually change colors as your spending categories change. It's kind of a neat little feature. Um, but it also has daily cash. And this means that let's say I go out and I spend $20 at Starbucks right now. Tomorrow, I will get 2% of that back. And it's immediately credited to my Apple wallet. And that's one of the big selling points here. You get cash back every single day, the day after you make purchases. So I've already gotten like $5 in cash back, which is kind of cool after like a week or two of using it. And it also makes it very clear how much interest you are going to be paying if you don't pay enough. So there's this wheel and you can decide how much you want to pay off of your credit card. And it'll show you, okay, if you pay this much, you're going to have this much interest. If you pay that much, you're going to have no interest. They just make it super easy to keep track of how much debt you're building up on your credit card and really encouraging you to pay off the balance so you're not getting hit with interest charges. So I don't I don't need another credit card, but I'm a, I'm a freaking loser nerd and i had to try the apple card and i'm liking it so far i like using apple pay it's really convenient and the two percent daily cash back is cool so i'm like looking online just trying to find out what their apr is do you know oh, they're what... horrible oh really you should apply right now through the wallet uh mine is 25 percent what yeah, and I have amazing credit. Wow. Yeah, so here's the thing is like they're advertising this is like we are going to have 
uh, some of the lowest interest rates in the industry. Lies. That. Lies. Yeah. Didn't they say that at the um at their last Apple event? Probably. Yeah. Lies. I mean that that decides wow. it for me. Like, because a big a big point for me is going to be the interest rate. Like, I don't because I have cards that I get three percent cash back on already. So. Mm, yeah you know it's just like well eh. so my thing with credit cards is i pay them off at the end of every month so i don't get hit with those interest fees and that's how i treat it like a debit card that forces me to treat this like a debit card don't spend what i don't have right no that's true and i definitely try to do the same thing but like i don't know sometimes when you think about those unexpected life expenses where sometimes you may have to put something on a card and pay it off that's where I start to get really picky about interest rates because I'm like, man, say my water heater blows up and I don't have a thousand dollars handy to just throw at that and I end up paying right. it off over two billing cycles. I don't want to get stuck paying 25% interest. Another thing I really like about this, by the way, is that the credit card is built right into the Apple Wallet app and you can see exactly where you made each purchase on a map. So if I click on Sheets, a grocery or a gas convenience, a gas station slash convenience store in Pennsylvania, I can see exactly where I made this purchase. So it helps you remember as well. Whereas you look at like Chase.com, it all looks the same and you have no idea where these purchases were made. And if you forget, that can sometimes worry you because it may have been fraudulent. True. Anyway, that's my recommendation. Check it out. I would like to recommend... It's new from Rihanna's Fenty line, the Pro Filter Hydrating Longwear Foundation. I recently switched over to this from her matte foundation. The matte foundation had amazing coverage, but I have combination oily dry skin. So on like my dry patches of skin, it was really like clinging to my pores and stuff sometimes. And I really had to... um make a point to like overly hydrate my skin before I put this stuff on. So I decided to try the hydrating foundation and I'm literally getting the same coverage, but with a little bit of a dewier look, which just tends to suit my skin better. So I'm really liking this so far. I would highly recommend. My recommendation is the Great British Bake Off, which is back. And for the first time ever, America is actually getting it around the same time as it's premiering in the UK. If you haven't watched The Great British Bake Off, I highly recommend it. It's like the most wholesome competition show you will ever watch in your life. It's just, it's so great. Um, So yeah, so that's on Netflix if you're in America. And um, the next episode airs on September 3rd, and they'll be releasing the episodes out here three days after they premiere out in the uk this is big news for viewers pat was Mm -hmm. really excited about this too when they announced it i was super excited as well because it it popped up again on my recommendations and i thought it was for old seasons that i had already watched and lo and behold they're actually just airing it right around the same time but yeah it's the best i don't know if you've ever watched it with pat but i i have it is pleasant not for me but I can appreciate it. (laughs) I just love how nice everybody is to each other. That's exactly what it is. Like this, this first episode was cake week and they, there's this like really young kid and 
he messed up a couple times and the lady behind him was like, what's wrong? What do you need? And I was like, that's so sweet because somebody's going to get eliminated. She's got her own shit to do. Thanks. Every year. It's fantastic. Thanks to everybody supporting us on Patreon. If you do, you're getting early access to this week's episode through our live stream. Thanks everybody who's tuned in on this Monday afternoon. It's nice recording during the daytime, isn't it? Laura had off from her real job so we decided to record earlier this is also my real job well you know what i mean (laughs) the one you have to travel yes the one that i work scheduled eight hours a day for yeah yeah but yes you know patreon does turn this into a job for us and we're very happy about that because without the patreon support we wouldn't be able to make this show a priority in our lives we wouldn't be able to dedicate time to it we probably would not be doing it to be honest with you. It used to be okay for us to do this when we were kids for free back in the day because we didn't need the money. Now we need the money. Otherwise, we would have to be doing other jobs. So we wouldn't have time for this. So we really appreciate the support at patreon.com slash millennial. Those who are pledging $2 or higher will get access to Hashing It Out and After Dark this week. It's another great Hashing It Out, by the way. We ended up talking about a few things off the cuff, including I had a story about a uh, Dunkin' Donut employee from my hometown who still remembers me. It was insane. I was shocked. We also spoke about podcasting and TV tech classes in high school and ASMR. So check that out. That's going to be a longer hashing it out, I think, at patreon.com slash millennial. And what's coming up in After Dark today? So we're going to be talking about a few cases of things that we found that count as unsettling declassified history. So real things that have happened in history that have since had documents declassified that show you how bad things actually could have been. If things had only gone a little differently. Some of these stories are fucking wild. You guys, I was reading these last night. I was like screaming. You can ask Mark. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. So it's going to be good. What an interesting subject. So all patrons pledging $2 or higher will get this as part of Mega Millennial. Available on Patreon every week. That's ad-free millennial with After Dark all in one convenient file. You can get these files delivered directly to your favorite podcasting app. I shouldn't say files. That's not sexy. You can get these mega episodes delivered right to your favorite podcasting app. Thank you to everybody who supports us. What Lizzo song is it in which she goes, that bitch? Is it Truth Hurts? Truth Hurts. Okay. Her number one song on Spotify, of course. If you would like to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. Millennialshow.com is where you can go, and then you can click on contact at the top. We also have the confessional form if you want to unveil your deepest, darkest secrets or thoughts. Please do also follow us on social media, Millennial Show, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Time now to hear from Lizzo. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye. Bye. Bye.